Is your job search stuck? Maybe you're not getting any interviews with employers, or maybe you are, but no job offers. Or you may be new and not even know where to start. This is Charles Maxwood, and I'm releasing a new course ebook on how to find a job as a software developer. The course walks you through the process of finding the types of companies you want to work for, getting their attention, and putting your best foot forward as the candidate they want. I've coached dozens of developers in looking for jobs and have been able to help several people find jobs within two weeks to two months. So whether you're new to development, can't find a great job that fits what you want, or are looking for remote work from an area without a strong tech community, I can help. Go to getacoderjob.com and sign up today. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My Angular Story. This week, we're talking to Joel Tanzi. Did I say that right? Oh, that is that You got that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Sure. I um, Currently, I guess I could say I'm an Angular UI developer, um, primarily front-end, although I've done... I've kind of run the gamut from full stack API development to front end. Front end is just kind of where I'm living today. And I am currently employed with a company that um, I don't know how detailed I can get about the product we're making, but it, it, it's designed to help your organization to discover the risks, uh, configuration risks in all of your assets, your laptops, your desktops, your servers. It kind of collects all the mm-hmm. information and compares it with benchmarks from CIS and and I'm I'm basically helping them build the front end to that product having a lot of fun doing it before that I was studying computer engineering at KU and sort of learned a whole slew of different languages javascript is is kind of become my personal favorite with angular is is the framework I work with day to day right very cool so how did you get into programming i guess i i'd always been sort of fascinated by computers going back uh, quite a ways. I struggled a lot with math and science when I was in public school. And so when it came time to go to college, I just steered away from those things and ended up selecting English Lit. And that's what I got my first degree in. And what I came away with from that was that I thought Milton was about as boring as everyone else thinks he is. Really enjoyed reading like Shakespeare and uh, picking his plays apart and uh, kind of getting the the little zingers in the language that he likes to, to throw in there. And to make a long story short, I sort of fell into IT support accidentally. I was kind of looking for work at a time when they just really needed people and you could get hired if you help, you know, could could say the right number of fingers they were holding up. And I had a bunch of different roles in that industry for longer than I care to say. But back in 2006, I had gone through what was my second layoff in my career. And I just mm-hmm. just was on the phone with a friend kind of commiserating about that situation. And he just said, well, maybe you should think about going back to school. And I had thought of that before, but this was, I guess, just the kick in the pants I needed to really kind of go and do it. And so I said, all right, I'm going to go get my engineering degree, which took a little bit of foundational building because I had a lit degree to begin with and no no STEM in my background. So circumstances worked out that my wife and I, when we got married, relocated to Kansas City and I was able to get into the engineering program at KU. I was working full time. And so it took me about nine years to finish the degree. I ended up... uh, getting a degree in computer engineering. And I picked computer engineering because I wasn't sure just what kind of engineer engineer I wanted to be that far back. It turned out I 
took to the programming a lot more than I took to the circuit analysis and design type things. So um, that's what I ended up focusing on. And sometime around the time I was graduating, I was at some senior function and I was talking with one of my instructors and he was mentioning this thing called JavaScript. And I was thinking, that's kind of weird. Is that, what is that like Java in the browser? I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> and it was just kind of exploding into the world around that time. A couple of years later, I, I finally was able to land my first programming job uh, with a digital agency in downtown Kansas City, and um, they were willing to take a chance on me. I really fell in love with the work. I think I had taken something like a 40% pay cut for my previous job, but I didn't really care because I, I enjoyed the work I was doing so much more. <laughs> and uh, I haven't looked back ever since. I The first project they put me on was using something called knockout have you heard of that one yep yeah we did okay. episodes on it back in the day yeah uh, okay yeah so I, I don't get the impression that knockout is super popular anymore <laughs> no not really uh, yeah it's sort of um fallen behind technology wise but um it, but it did introduce me to the model view concept and mm -hmm. so when it came time to take on another project uh it was building a native application for mobile devices using Ionic. And that was, uh, we were using AngularJS to yeah. hook into that. So, and at the time we were just calling that Angular because that's what was there. Angular 2 actually came out while I was working on that project. And of course mm. it kind of completely changed everything about Angular that we, we thought we knew about it. Taught myself Angular 2 sometime later and about a year ago took a job the one I have now, we're um, building this UI in Angular. I think we're on Angular 5 at this point. Had a lot of fun with it. I think what I found I liked most about Angular was just how, I, I know, I'm probably not an objective party because I work with it every day. So it's kind of easy. Right. I, I better like it or else I better find another job <laughs> <laughs> because that, that that's the product I'll be working on for the foreseeable future. But I just really took to how robust and flexible it was, you know, and it, we sort of, I sort of shifted from model-driven forms into reactive forms as that kind of became more of a thing. And um, right. it's really exposed me to the, the powerful things it can do for your applications. Yeah. So one thing that I'm curious about is, you know, you kind of talk through finding JavaScript and then finding mm -hmm. Angular and... It, it's interesting because I, I think you're probably one of the first people that I've talked to that came to Angular through Ionic. Mm -hmm. How did you all settle on Ionic when you were building it, you know, as opposed to, say, Cordova or React Native or something else? Yeah, you know, uh, that's kind of a good question. I wasn't that involved in the technology stack decisions mm -hmm. that they were making. That was kind of more right. the, the agency owner and the lead architect, I think, were kind of tied into that. And I was still fairly new. I was probably only about six to eight months into my professional development career at that point. Right. But my impression of it was that I think it was two things. I think we had people on the team that already knew Angular to some extent, or at least had some exposure to it. And I think React may still have kind of been a little too new kid on the block for us mm -hmm. at the at the time possibly i know react native was starting to take off around the same time and and we even had people working in react native as i was uh, you know taking on stuff in react native as i was working on this thing but it was sort of phased in so my impression had to do more with just that we had more people that were closer to angular mm -hmm. makes sense how was your transition from angular js to angular or angular 1 to angular 2 depending on 
who's listening and now they think about yeah, it. Yeah, I really didn't have a hard time with it. I was never married to AngularJS. I liked it a lot. I know that the AngularJS community is still kind of going fairly strong. And there's a lot of people that just are kind of like, I'm never getting off of this thing. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's fine. I, I understand that completely. I do think that Angular 2 was a, a, a major step up. I think that was an important change that uh-huh. needed to happen. And, you know, I, I don't know why um, it was easy for me to make that transition, I guess, because it was really based on a lot of the same concepts. It just went about it in a slightly different way. That makes sense. So what have you done in Angular that you're particularly proud of? I think this product I'm working on now is probably the thing I'm most proud of because it, it 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 looks the best, I guess is the way I can put it. One of the things that I think it's overlooked a lot of times when we're doing front-end development is the beauty of the UI can sometimes kind of go by the wayside because as engineers, we tend to be more focused on the functionality. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really helps to have a, a UI designer on your team to kind of help you find that, provide make, make that a much better user experience. The accessibility factor right. has been built into it. And that's been a great, it's, it's, it's frustrating at times to have our QA person kind of telling me like, oh, you know, this isn't keyboard navigable. You got to be able to tab into your dropdowns. But, you know, that's an important part of, you know, creating a more inclusive application for your user base. I've done other things in Angular on my own that proud of. I think that the personal, the outside of the day-to-day, I uh, volunteer for a a branch of uh, Code for America out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if how familiar people are with it, but um, it's a it's a civil organization that that kind of they put together tech projects for like local governments and things of that nature. And um, I got involved with them because I just wanted to get more experience in real world problem solving. And that seemed like a perfect opportunity to do it. And um, the project team I ended up with is building an application that's designed to help people to get information about uh, streetlights. It sounds mm-hmm. kind of mundane on the face of it, but um, streetlights are actually a pretty important part of your city infrastructure for safety and crime reduction and other things. And so right. being able to, to maintain and manage that, it's a pretty onerous process. So what we do is we've, we've collaborated with various local governments and put together a data set that we can feed through an API. And I just kind of said like, hey, let's build the front end in Angular. You know, I'm already good in that. And um it, it, it fit in neatly into the stack we're using. So it's uh, it's been a, a fun project. It should be going live, I hope, sometime in the coming months. It's sort of stalled a little bit just because the team hasn't been available. Uh, but I believe it's going to pick up again pretty soon. Nice. Yeah, this is an organization, Code for America, that I've looked at some. And I've heard other people talk about it. You know, it's been picked on the shows. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I haven't really gotten involved with it and it might be interesting to just jump in and yeah. Yeah, I would definitely recommend anybody who's, especially if you're new and you're you're trying to break into the field. Okay. I think uh, employers probably look pretty favorably on on that kind of volunteer work because it shows some initiative on your part that you're really interested in in getting involved in committee outreach, which I think, uh, you know, a lot of employers tend to like, but also that, you know, they're, they tend to be projects that are going to be a little closer to the sort of real world applications you're likely to be building mm-hmm. in a lot of these uh, jobs. And I think it's great for that kind of exposure. And, you know, they, um, 
they don't just need developers. A lot of times they also need project managers, UI designers, sometimes the the person that can just go out and raise the money <laughs> sometimes to keep these things going. Yeah, it's interesting. I need to add that to my uh, Get a Coder Job book because mm. I, I didn't put this kind of volunteering in it as an opportunity to get exposure and meet people and things like that. And and it was just because, you know, it's completely outside of my experience. I've met a bunch of new developers in that that crowd and um, it's been great to be interact with them. And, you know, mm-hmm. it really is a terrific networking opportunity too. I think that's a, an important part of it as well. So what are you working on now? I have a project in the works. I'm kind of working on it more of a proof, proof of concept at the moment, but I've also done a fair amount of WordPress development and I was excited that they released the uh, the REST API for that system. And so one of the things I've been toying with is building an Angular front end that hooks into the REST API and can be a single page site generator. And the thinking behind that is sort of in a, a business model context. I, I do a sort of a side household sort of thing. And one idea I'd had is having a sort of a less expensive option I can offer people. I, I tend to focus on solo attorneys because I spent 11 years working at a law firm. So I feel comfortable around them. I tried, I I wanted to come up with something where they could interface with the site, even set it up with the click of a button, just, you know, fill out a form and it would put up a, it's basically like a bio page essentially Mm -hmm. for your, your law practice. But um, a lot of attorneys actually do not even have a website at all. They either don't think it's important or they don't, they don't think uh, they, they have just, you know, they're afraid to get technically involved with it. And so the idea was to try to make it super easy. And Angular seemed like a great tool to put on the front end to hook into the REST API to, to make that happen. Well, cool. I, I find it interesting just to kind of hark back to something you brought up earlier. You, you got your degree in English literature and then you went back to school. Hmm. I think it's interesting. My mom, uh, she went back to school. She's, she's a teacher now. She went back to school to get her teaching certificate. But it's interesting because she was, you know, considerably older than most of the other people in a lot of her classes. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you encountered some of that and and how, how how that was approached, you know, not just that you're probably older than the other students, but mm-hmm. you're working full time and trying to get a computer science degree. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of things that went my way. Uh-huh. Um, and I was really blessed in that regard. For one thing... I had uh, the law firm I was working at really had a, a lot of support for their uh, their employees to continue their education. Uh-huh. Uh, I was able to get out of my um, university, complete my university degree without having to run up any student debt because they paid uh, almost fifty percent of the tuition over the years. I was spacing it out. You know, I was kind of like part time, so I was able to space it out to kind of make that work. They were willing to give me the flex hours I needed to be able to attend class because you really can't do this kind of thing night school you got to kind of get in there and, right and so i wouldn't recommend that path for people today necessarily in part because when i was going into it you know coding boot camps weren't really that they weren't on my radar i don't know how much of a right. thing they were but they definitely weren't on my radar i didn't know they were there to me you you got in to this kind of work by going to getting your four-year degree in computer science at that time and the world is really changed since then. As far as the the age factor, I mean, I 
I knew going into it that I was going to be older than a lot of the other students. And I definitely was. I mean, I was, I probably had a good 15 years on most of them. I was older than a lot of my instructors sometimes because you had GTAs that were, right. you know, kind of like, so I just got used to it pretty quickly. I found it, I, I, for me anyway, personally, I just didn't seem to have too much difficulty with that. I'm definitely an outlier, I think, in terms of how I was able to go about it. And I, I definitely consider myself blessed that I could make that work. For a lot of folks today who are looking to break into this kind of industry, I think there are, it's been democratized a lot. I really had, it's hard to overstate how, how fortunate I was mm-hmm. to have what I had. Uh, most people do not have jobs they can work full time and get an undergrad degree during the day. It just doesn't, they do not structure, our lives aren't structured that right. way for the most part. I just happened to have a life. I was working remotely and things. There was a lot of things that just lined up for me, but I'm excited to see how many folks are moving into this field now with a variety of uh, backgrounds that I think we really need in the technology sector. You know, uh, there's been a big push to get veterans into the coding field. Yeah, there's been a big push to get, I guess, there's people from a whole range of diverse backgrounds. And one of the things I can say that I've been able to bring to the table that I think a lot of folks that maybe just went straight through, say, a computer science program or something in their, their 20s or whatever and came out is that I had spent a long time supporting people on the other end of the equation that they mm-hmm. were the people, the users of the applications. And I can understand, you know, I heard their complaints, you know, what they liked about things, what they didn't like about things. I wasn't, you know, I'm not going to be building like say Microsoft Excel or Microsoft Word or something, which oh, I'm supporting all the time. <laughs> I, uh, that's, I've already been beaten to the punch on that pretty well, but it did kind of open my eyes to the kind of things that end users think about. And I think it's helped make me a better developer that I'm thinking about, actively thinking about those things when I'm building applications. And I, I really want to, I'm motivated to create that better user experience. I think I'm still learning how to do it, but at least I'm, I'm kind of able to be, I don't know, I guess proactive about it from, mm-hmm. from my mindset. Right. Cool. Very cool. How old were you when you made your uh, career change? Well, let's see. I would have been, um, I guess in my early thirties, you know, I'm in my early forties now. So I guess that, yeah. It's, it's just interesting to me because some people feel like, you know, they go out and they get their, uh, English degree or their, I don't know. I mean, non-technical degree. And then they either figure out that they don't like it or they mm-hmm. figure out that, you know, they're not going to be able to get a job that makes as much as they would like to, or, I mean, any number of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. They feel mm-hmm. like they've kind of just blown it. So, yeah. I, 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 you know, we, we talk to a lot of people on this show that have made the transition in their late 40s, early 50s, you know, even later than that. And, you know, I, I really encourage people to just go and, and give it a shot. You know, it, it's not over. If, if you're 90, yeah, you, you might be running out of time. <laughs> but, Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, even people in their, you know, 50s and 60s generally are going to live another 30 years or so. Yeah. And so, that you know, if, if it's something you're interested in, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I really feel like there's never been a better time to get into this kind of yeah. work. I mean, there, it's just been democratized so much more. Um, yeah. 
than it there was. are a lot more roads in. Yep. Yes, exactly. You know, and, and, and I think a lot of employers are going to, they're more willing to give you a chance. I do think you're going to want to step up your game a little bit when you, you know, if you, if you go the boot camp route, maybe, you know, like don't, don't come out of there and, and just maybe walk right into your first job, but, you know, like build something, you know, get it up on GitHub or something. Show them that you, show them what you've learned and what you can do with it as well. I think that goes a long way when they're, they're, you know, about how quickly or how readily they'll, they'll be willing to take a chance on people. And it also shows you have that kind of passion or, or drive to get out there and build something. And I don't, it doesn't even have to be some kind of killer application or anything. Just build something, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, something catches your fancy, you know, go on and build it. You're, you'll be learning something just by doing that. Yep. hundred percent. All right. Well, if people want to find you online, Twitter, blog, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. where do they find sure. you? Sure. I operate a blog called Stringly Typed and it's at uh, stringlytyped.tech. And, uh, you know, it's not that much to look at just yet. I kind of only started it a couple months ago, but I'm, I'm working on building it out. It's kind of going to be a combination of, it, it's still trying to figure out what it's going to be actually, but it it's going to be a little bit of a... Uh, um, some of my ramblings on the state of uh, software and, and development and also um, some Shakespeare quotes thrown in where they seem appropriate. <laughs> and, uh, and also just trying to, you know, kind of give people some diving into the technical side of Angular a little bit in places as well. I guess, uh, you know, that's, that's probably the best way to find me online. I do have a Twitter account at Joel underscore Tansy. Uh, you can find me there as well. Cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. Do you have some things you want to shout out about? Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Sure. Well, you know, I think I'm going to sh- call out Code for America just because I, you know, like I we, we talked about earlier, I think they're a great inroad for people who are are looking to break into this industry or if you've already, you're in it and you just feel like doing some volunteer work, go look them up. They probably have a branch in your area. If not, maybe you can even start one. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the other, uh, another one I'd like to call out is Operation Code, which is a nonprofit that helps vet, uh, vets with getting into the technology industry. I'm actually thinking a little bit about maybe volunteering with them as well. Right now, I'm, I'm kind of really liking uh, observables, finding it. Uh, it's been a big uh, help in cleaning up my code and making it a lot more, um, a lot easier to work with um, asynchronous calls. And so um, RxJS is uh, another thing I'd like to call out. 
Nice. Yeah, we've had uh, the RxJS folks on a couple of different shows. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, it's been really interesting to see how they approach things. So I'm going to jump in here with a couple of picks. The first one is I've been playing with a system called Mastodon, and it's it's a social network. Hmm. And it's distributed, but you know you can connect with people on the server that you're on, or you can connect with people out in the federated network. And so it, it'll connect to another instance somewhere else. And that's been fun. Um, I've been connecting with some people that, yeah, I, you know, I've been meeting online, so that's been a lot of fun. I've really been enjoying that. And the other thing I'm going to pick, I just switched uh, my CRM, which is, you know, what I've been using to connect with people. I switched it over to HubSpot. I've been playing with that for a little while, and I'm really liking it. And what's funny is, is that I have played with CRMs for probably the last eight years, and I have not found one I liked. Huh. And so, so, so me saying that I actually like it is, is kind of a big deal. So, yeah, that's definitely worth checking out if you're looking at it. It also integrates cleanly with Gmail or uh, Google. Uh, I have a G Suite. So, anyway, so it, it does all that stuff, too, and that's been pretty cool. So, digging that. I'm probably going to wind up making Michelle switch over to it as well. And, you know, then she can manage a lot of the outreach and stuff from there. So, anyway, those are my picks. Thanks for coming, Joel. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me. All right. Well, we will uh, wrap this one up and we will catch you all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more. 